Church, I just want to say thank you, moms, for loving your kids so well here and for investing in your kids' lives and laying down your lives for your kids and seeing them as your primary disciples in life. And I can't imagine life without mothers. Mothers bring such um, care and uh, insight, such wisdom and direction, hospitality, a box of Kleenex, um, Neosporin and goldfish and um, a, a timely word at times and um, a listening ear in the middle of the night. And so we are so thankful whew, for our mothers here and thanks for valuing that role, especially Today, when society devalues that role so much, we, as the church, are coming and say, it's such a role of honor, and so thank you for, for loving that role and investing in your kids. Well, since it's Mother's Day this morning, um, I said, God, what do, you, what do you want me to share this morning on this special day? And I really sense he was speaking about John chapter 4 about the woman at the well. And so today, that is what we are going to look at together. And so I'm going to pray, and if you do not have your Bible, you can close your eyes and raise your hand, <laughs> and people will be walking down the aisles with, um, with Bibles if you don't have one. Father, thank you so much for your presence and your goodness in our lives. And today, God, we ask for wisdom and revelation. Lord, we want to know you more. We want to understand more of your heart for us and your people. And we, um, God, we just, we want to submit our hearts to you this morning and say, God, would you do what you want to do in us? God, we want to receive everything that's in store for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's turn to John chapter 4 together, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Well, I want to highlight verse 4 for a second. In verse 4, it says, Now he had to go through Samaria. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't have to go through Samaria. In fact, if he had been like the other Jews of that day, he would have totally tried to avoid it. 
He totally could have avoided it. It wasn't like a geographical expert was writing this account, explaining that there was no, no other way than this exact route that Jesus was about to take. It was John, his disciple, who was writing this account, and John said he had to go through Samaria. You see, the other Jews of that day would avoid that area because the Samaritans were looked down upon. They were a mixed race, and they were looked at as lesser than. They weren't pure blood Jew. But we see here that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And so I want to share why I believe that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And we see the answer in Isaiah 45, verse 3. And it says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, Israel, I just added a little bit, who summons you by name. I will give you hidden treasures. You see, I believe that this woman was a hidden treasure in the heart of God that day. And so... As Jesus was one that only did what he saw the Father doing, he saw in the heart of the Father that day this hidden treasure, this woman at the well who was thirsty for acceptance. And so Jesus had to go and find this woman who had such a need for acceptance which we see later in the story. And I just want to pause and just say that if you're human in this room, we have four basic needs of our heart. A need of acceptance, a need of identity, of purpose, and security. And we see this first need in this woman, this great need of acceptance. And Jesus wants to meet that need of our heart. And so he had to go. Years ago, Robert and I had the, the privilege of sitting down with a lady named Jackie Pullinger. Yes, a hero of mine. And Jackie is an English woman, and in her early 20s, she got saved at a little Bible study with several ladies. And at this Bible study, they were going through John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. And at the, the end of their time in this Bible study, the, the ladies began to pray. And they began to thank Jesus for, having, for giving them eternal life. And they said, thank you, Jesus, for giving, this, giving us this eternal life with you. Well, Jackie kept her eyes open during this prayer and was watching these ladies. And she thought, they actually believe that they have eternal life. And then she thought, I actually believe I have eternal life because I just did that study and I believe it. And then she thought, well, if I believe that I have eternal life, that means there's other people that don't believe that they have eternal life and I need to go tell them. I need to go tell them about Jesus. So the other ladies began to get up to make risotto. If you don't know what risotto is, don't worry about it, but they wanted to have risotto for the evening meal. And so Jackie thought, I cannot eat risotto at a time like this. I need to go share the gospel. And so she got up and left the Bible study and went to go share it with a woman that she found on a bench. Well, the next few days, 
as Jackie was praying and just said, God, what do I do with this burning in my heart? She continued to feel that God was saying to go. And so not having much of a, a context for missions, Jackie bought a boat ticket to the furthest place in Asia and believed that uh, the Spirit of God would tell her when to get off the boat. Well, she got off in Hong Kong, and she has been there ever since. A few days into her time, she ventured into the walled city of Hong Kong, and the walled city was um, a place in Hong Kong that had kind of been left out of the treaty between China and Britain, and so it be had become a place of lawlessness where there was a lot of crime and filth and, and sin and a very dark place. But Jackie had to go. She tells of several stories of her time in the walled city where several drug addicts um, came to Jesus as Jackie shared the gospel um, with these drug addicts. They would accept Jesus Christ as Lord, and then she would pray for these drug addicts to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they would begin for hours to pray in tongues together. And as they were coming off the drugs, they had no side effects. And they would be free. Well, Jackie tells this one story of this old woman that was in the walled city. And this old woman would sit on the streets. And the streets were very narrow, two to three feet wide. And you could put your hands up and touch um, the walls on both sides. The streets were angled like this, and the, and the sewage would run through the, the streets of the walled city. And this woman would um, sit there, and she would poke her stick at the sewage to keep it running through the streets so that the rats wouldn't come and, and bite her toes. As Jackie would walk by this woman, this woman would, would pull at Jackie's, Jackie's shirt because this woman was afraid that, that she would die, and no one would know that she even lived because someone had stolen this woman's identity card, and this woman had a horrific story. And she had been a prostitute for her 60 years in this city. Well, Jackie would avoid this lady because she, she couldn't handle it. It was too hard for, for her heart, and she didn't know if she had a place in her home for her because she had taken in all these drug addicts, and, and she didn't know if she was going to have a space for her and she didn't want to tell her that Jesus loved her if she couldn't help her. So she'd avoid her. Well, one day, she had to go. She had to go to meet this lady again in her place of pain. And she walked up to this lady and, and brought her into her home. She was able to find a little space in her home where this woman could come in and find refuge shared the gospel, this woman gave her life to Jesus, and, and this woman would just weep in the presence of God as, um, as they would worship in Jackie's home together. This, this woman would just weep and weep, and, and Jackie thought, oh, bother, how long is this woman going to cry? There's so much pain in her, her journey. But eventually, this woman began to help other people in the walled city, other prostitutes. She would go and she would care for them. There was this one woman that she would go and she would brush her hair and try to get the lice out of this woman's hair for her. And she would just sing over her and she'd, 
she'd tell her about the love of Jesus. And as this woman began to give her life away, she got freed from her own self-pity of her own journey. This woman actually got married, and she wore a, a wedding dress, a white wedding dress, because she believed that Jesus had purified her. Amen. Jackie had to go. Because there were hidden treasures. Jesus wants to give us hidden treasures in the darkness. In 2001, Robert was the college pastor in Waco, Texas at Antioch Community Church, the church that we came from to plant all people's church. And it was part of our job in the summers to take college students overseas with us on mission trips. And so this one particular summer, we wanted to do a couple different trips. And so we, we decided to bring a group of students over to Sri Lanka with us. And then we were going to send that team home with another trusted leader and have another team sent to us in Papua, Indonesia. And for those of you guys that know Jim Yost, we went to go meet his crew in, in Indonesia. And that was what I call the uh, Indiana Jones trip, trip of a lifetime. And so as we were preparing for these trips and just praying over these trips, um, one day Robert heard the word Maldives in his heart. And so we began to research what the, the Maldives were. We'll come to find out they were a group of islands off the southern coast of Sri Lanka. We'd be very close to these islands. And so over the course of the next few days, we began to pray and say, God, what are you saying? Why did you speak this word to us? And, and really sense that God was saying we had to go. We submitted it to leadership, and they said, yeah, we think you need to go for a couple days in between your trips. So we show up in the Maldive Islands, a very dark place. It's 0.01% Christian. You're not allowed to bring your Bible in. You have to sign in a book where you're going to be, how long you're being there, how long you're going to stay, when you're going to depart the island. A very dark place. But God had hidden treasures in his heart for us to go and find. And so the next day we were at a restaurant. We had a precious waiter wait on us at this restaurant. And he had a, a, a hurt foot. And so we asked him if we could pray for his foot in the name of Jesus. And his foot got healed. He, he was amazed. And we were able to share the gospel with him. And he gave his life to Jesus. Guys, this was amazing. There was a great chance of persecution on his life for choosing Jesus as Lord. Well, over the course of the next days, as we were there with them, we um, got to know two other of his friends that also gave their lives to Jesus. They invited us to their um, specific village that was located on another island, and we got to know their life. We got to see their home, and we got to share Jesus with these three, these three treasures in the heart of God. We got to go and rescue these three treasures that were hidden in darkness. And you know, maybe, maybe you're thinking, I don't really want to go to Hong Kong. And I certainly don't want to go to the Maldives. Because let me tell you, in our city, 
there's darkness. There's darkness, but you know what else there is? There's thirst in our city. People are hungry in our city for the Spirit of God. And you know how I know that? God spoke that to our hearts before we came to San Diego. Right before we moved here, God spoke a promise to us out of Isaiah 55, verse 1. And he said, I'm sending you to this city because there's thirst. People are hungry and thirsty in this city. And he gave me Isaiah 55. He said, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. You know, in our neighborhoods, in our parks, in our business, place of work, in our malls, there's darkness and there's thirst. And as the people of God, we want to go rescue these treasures that are in the heart of God, in these places, in our neighborhoods. Guys, there was a, a woman in our neighborhood several years back. We lived in a neighborhood close to here. And there was this woman, just like the, the woman at the well, she would literally carry water up our steep hill. See, she would run out of money. She couldn't afford her, her water bill at times. And so she had, had bought these jugs that she could go fill up at the water station. By the, by, um, there was a little grocery store up our hill that had a water station outside. And so she would take those jugs up the hill and fill them and then walk them down. This woman was just like the, the woman at the well. She had a great need of love and acceptance. Well, of course, we uh, pressed into relationship with her and wanted to know about this woman's life because we knew she was a treasure in the heart of God. And so as we got to, to know her, we invited her to our life group to be a part of what was happening there. And several weeks into our friendship with her, we shared the gospel, and she gave her life to Jesus. She's a very broken woman, very needy. And so we began to minister to her over the months that, that we knew her and loved on her. Well, several months later, we left for an overseas trip, and we were gone for a couple weeks. And when we got home, our back door um, was cracked open. And so it was very clear that someone had broken in to our home while we were gone. And I went, I, I realized that I had left my, my purse in the kitchen, such a smart thing to do. Um, and, and so I went to go check the purse, and I thought, oh, I better check just the credit card to see if, you know, something happened. Well, sure enough, there was a charge from the gas station up the at the top of the hill. And so... You know, I, I didn't want to accuse my precious neighbor, but just over the course of the next couple days, just since that it was her. And so just waited for God's timing to talk with her. So one day, 
I was over talking with her. I'm going to call her Janie. And I said, Janie, so strange. While, while we were gone, someone broke into to our home. And actually, I found a, a charge on, on my credit card at just the, the gas station up here at the, the top of the hill. Do you, do you know anything about this? And she just immediately said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was me. I needed this. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, Janie, you're totally forgiven. Absolutely. You see, she needed to know about the God who forgives her in the midst of her sin. And I remember crying as she had to move to a different location several months after that. I just cried in my home, and I thought, man, my time with her is over. And I sure hope I've sown into her life what you've asked me to sow in. This woman was a treasure in the darkness. And as the people of God, we are called to show them where to go to drink. Amen? All right, so we started with the perspective of God has hidden treasures for us in darkness. But I want to switch the perspective from the woman's perspective now because to a degree we're all like this woman at the well, okay? We, we all have these needs of, of acceptance and love that can only truly be met by Jesus Christ. So I, let's read verse 7 through 10 again together. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So, First, I just want to point out just a, a really important principle that I see here. And it's a, a principle of value. Jesus was speaking value to this woman whose life was a mess. And I, I, I believe that today, for some of us, Jesus wants to speak value on your life. He values you. He values your life. And I think sometimes when we don't feel valued, it keeps us from going to Jesus Christ as the source. We don't know if we can press in to the heart of God. And so I love in, in this passage, in this story where Jesus meets this woman, first of all, he stamps value to this woman who's a Samaritan, who's looked down upon. And then he actually says, will you give me a drink? Will you give me something? And two, that speaks that he was about to use her, her cup. He valued her so much that he wanted to use what she had. And we need to know that God values us. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are his child. And let me tell you, it would grieve my heart if my children 
did not think they had value to come to me and talk and pour out their heart, even in their hardest of times. Well, Jesus is about to reveal to her that he is the spring of living water. And I want to say I love water, okay? So I want to talk about water for a second. I love water. And, um, you know, water makes up over 75% of our body, and it's absolutely necessary for life. Well, I was on a field trip with my fifth grade daughter a couple weeks ago, and I um, kind of got sucked into the bad attitude orb that sometimes fifth graders can have. And I had a bad attitude about this field trip, and I thought, why are we um, on a field trip at the Mount Helix water plant? Like, can't you just show the kids, like, a video of what happens at the Mount Helix water plant? And we're good. They said, we need to go there. So I had this little bad attitude. Well, so we had this sweet tour guide. So we're at the Mount Helix water district plant. And we had this sweet lady giving us a tour around. And then we go inside the plant, and we, we go to this room, this nice carpeted room. And she shows this little, she begins to show this little video. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting down, and this video's playing, and, and it's talking about how at Mount Helix, they get most of their water from the Colorado River. Well, the Colorado, the Colorado River is chock full of, of minerals, and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I love water. I'm like, this is the most amazing field trip ever. I'm like, wait, I am loving this, and I'm loving this video. I'm like right, like we get water, okay, this is awesome, and I have all these questions all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness, so the video ends, and um, I was so hoping that she'd just say, okay, well, does anyone have any questions, so I'm like, um, yeah, I have a couple questions, so I just begin to shoot off all these questions, I'm like, okay, so like, I really love spring water, I like to drink spring, so like, could you tell me about this, and, and so I just, I start to ask her several questions, and she goes, um, well, we need to move on now to the next portion of our field trip, um, but we can answer some more questions later. And so we begin to move out of the room, and she, she comes to, around to me. I was kind of at the back of the group, and she says, ma'am, um, it seems like you have a lot of questions. Um, if you have some more questions, why don't, why don't I just put you in this office with one of um, – the other ladies that works here, she knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. And so I was cracking up. I think she was just trying to get rid of me. But so I said, well, that'd be great. Thank you so much. And so um, I go into this, this office, and the, her office had this big uh, glass window that you can look into it. So she sticks me in this um, this office with this woman, and I began to fire off all, you know, a bunch more questions about, about water and and uh, it was kind of inside this lab, and so all the kids were in this lab learning about something. Well, then they had to leave the lab, and they had to pass by me in this office with this glass window. And so all the kids are like, what is she doing? Well, then all the parents kept looking in at me, too, and they wanted to be in there with me, okay? I just want to say, afterwards, the parents were like, all right, tell us everything she said. We kind of got into this field trip. So... But here's the deal. What I was digging for from this lady was I wanted to know the absolute best water that I could drink. <laughs> okay? So that might be a little obsessive, but I can be a little obsessive in life. Yes. 
I said, I want you to tell, I said, ma'am, look, just tell me, if you, I'm like, you're an expert on this, what water would you drink, all right? So she began to tell me. I know, I know, just ask me later, ask me later. <laughs> okay, but let me just say this, I, this is not a sermon about how you need to freak out because you're not sure if you're drinking the right water, okay? So you need to pray over your water and we're all good, all right? <laughs> we're fine, in Jesus' name. I do care about the water I drink because, you see, we have lots of waters. We have tap water. We have deionized water. Maybe, maybe some of you guys didn't even know that. We have reverse osmosis water. Uh, we have purified water. And you see, a lot of those waters are totally void of the minerals that our body needs. You see, our body needs minerals to function in a healthy way. And so our waters get messed with and, and get stripped of the things that our body needs to function in a healthy way. Let me just actually tell you something else I, just really funny. So I'm in the office with this lady <laughs> and I, I can get a little passionate. So I, I'm like, okay, so and this, actually, let me add this to you. So she did say, um, well, really, the best water for us to drink is, like, spring water. And it has all the, the minerals we need. And I'm like, ma'am, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, because you don't understand. Like, Jesus says that he's the spring of living water. And I'm like, so it's like spring water in the natural is, like, the very best water for us to drink because it's got all these minerals that we need. And, like, Jesus is the spring of living water. Like, he has everything we need. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it was awesome. And then actually she went on to tell me, she's like, well, that's really interesting because then she was telling me some other facts about water. I'm like, that's awesome. We were kind of having a moment. It was great. <laughs> See, Jesus says he's the spring of living water. He has everything that we need. His water is alive. But yet so often we don't go to him as a spring of living water. Let me just read this, this verse in Jeremiah 2, verse 13. It says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. Guys, at times we forsake the spring of living water. We go to other things as a source for our acceptance needs, for our purpose needs, for our identity needs, for our security. Because he is the spring of living water. So today, I want you to know that Jesus stamps value on your life. You can come to him, the spring of living water. What, what, are the, what are the other things that you're going to today to find life that's not really giving you life? Just like this woman, we see down in verse 16 that Jesus is explaining, hey, I'm the spring of living water. But then he confronts her sin, and he says, 
go call your husband and come back. She says, I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you've had five husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. You see, she conf he, he's confronting her sin. So often our sin keeps us from drinking from the source that's going to give us everything we need. And so today, is there, a, is there a sin that Jesus is wanting to confront and bring you closer in so that you can drink from him instead? Jesus wants to be the spring of living water in your life. Now we're going to talk about how to drink from that spring at the very end. So stay tuned. But let's move on because it gets better. So then in verse 13, let's read verse 13 to verse 18. It says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Actually, I'm going to stop there. Let me read that last sentence again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. When we drink from the spring of living water, then we will have springs of living water flowing from within us that affect the treasures in the darkness. You know, I've at times wondered, it says in verse 39, in chapter 4, it says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. You know, at times I've wondered and I've thought, man, why did people believe her? I mean, she had this awful reputation, didn't seem like a woman that people were giving much respect to. So why did they believe her? Let me tell you, I believe that they believed her because they got splashed by the living water. You see, she just drank from the spring of living water, and then she went and she shared. And I believe that they got splashed by the, the spring of living water. They tasted of what she just drank from. And guys, we are called to have rivers of living water flowing through us that affect the people around us and bring life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so how, how do we drink? You know, if you're, if you're here this morning, you're like, how do I drink from Jesus, the spring of living water? And I want to turn back to Isaiah 55 because I think the answer is in Isaiah 55. So let's read that again. It says, come, okay? So what we do is we come, first of all. We come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. So we come and we listen. You see, it's very simple. We come and we listen. Because Jesus wants to speak to us. You know, Sometimes 
we even come to Jesus, and instead we study Jesus. And we do want to study who God is. We, we want to understand his heart. We come to Jesus and, and we study him with our minds instead of, of coming and listening. We are to come and to listen. And sometimes that feels a little scary, I think, for some people. Like, so the living God actually wants to, to speak to me? He does. He absolutely does. He says that he leads his sheep by his voice. And so as his people, we want to be a people that listen to what Jesus is saying for our lives. Moms, there is a spring of living water in your home, and it's inside you. It's the Holy Spirit. And you know, I think a lot of times our kids can kind of pull from the emotional bank account a lot. And we feel a deficit, or, or maybe you kind of feel disqualified as a mom, and, and it's hard. But I want to say that today you have a spring of living water that wants to give you what you need. And so I want to encourage us as moms to press in, not just to get up and spend time with God and drink from the spring of living water, but to listen. We don't want to study about it, which, I mean, we want to, I want to know everything. I want to know. I want to study, but I want to listen. I want to listen to the spring of living water because when we listen and obey, then it gives us what we need to make it. Jesus holds our acceptance, our identity, our purpose, our security. It's there for us to access. But we go to other sources that aren't going to truly give us what we need. And sometimes we just need to go to the mall and tell that shirt at the mall, you're not going to give me what I need. I might look good in you, but you're not going to give me what I need. Just kidding. I'm serious, right? I want us this morning to respond to this message by coming and by listening. We're going to listen to the Holy Spirit this morning together. Because Jesus has something in his heart for you today. And let me just, let me just say this. If, um, if while you're listening to the Holy Spirit, if, if a fear comes up in your heart, I just I simply want you to repent. If a fear of failure comes up in your heart, I want you to say, God, I, I repent for that fear of failure, for submitting my life to that spirit of failure and not drawing in closer and hearing your heart on this matter. And then just listen. Or maybe there's a, a, a sin that Jesus is wanting to confront in your heart today. Where you've forsaken the spring of living water. You've gone to this addiction again and again and again. Jesus can speak one word to set you free this morning. He is a God of freedom and deliverance. He is our deliverer. So I'm going to pray this morning, and we're just going to wait on God for a second.
And I want you to come knowing that he values you. He values your life. And he has something for you this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and speak to our hearts this morning as your people. We want to come and drink from the spring of living water. And we just silence any other voice that we might hear this morning, just things that are going on in our own heart and minds. We just silence that in Jesus' name. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts. Please write down what you heard from the Holy Spirit today. And if you need to respond to something that he was speaking to you, we're going to have people in just a moment come up to the front, and I'd love for you to come and ask for prayer this morning. Those people. What a powerful word. Why don't we stand up to stay in an attitude of prayer every time we meet each week. Different ones are coming trying to understand the claims of Jesus. And we don't want to just talk about him, but we want to give you a chance to meet him. And some might say, you know, I don't know if I actually have a friendship with Jesus. I don't know if I would spend eternity in heaven if I were to die today. We don't want you to leave this place without having an opportunity to invite him into your life and to make that kind of decision. If you just close your eyes with me right now, such an important moment. If you've never given your life to Jesus, but today you're saying, yes, I want to drink from that stream of living water. I want to make him my Lord. That's the reason that Jesus died. The reason he was on the cross is he was paying for your and my sin. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it goes on to say that the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die and spend eternity in hell separated from our loving God. But the great news is he says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. On the cross, he bore our sins. He paid for them so that you wouldn't have to. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to give you a chance to pray with me right now to make him your Lord and Savior. If that's your desire today, just pray right after me. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I make you my Lord and Savior. And while everyone's praying and they have their eyes closed, if you are making that decision today, I just want to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you, but I just do want to pray a prayer 
over you. So if that's you and you're saying, I'm making Jesus my Lord and Savior today, just look up at me real quick and wave at me. So I know it's you. I'm not going to point you out, but I just want to celebrate with you. Just just wave at me real quick so I know that's you all over this room. Just make eye contact with me real quick and just give me a little wave so I can know that's you. And if that's you today, at the end of our time, while our prayer team is coming forward, we want to hand you a book about God's extravagant love for you and want to pray over you. Prayer team, come forward right now, if you would. Today, maybe God's done something in your heart. Maybe while Steph was speaking, there's some pain or a need that you feel. We want to pray for you in that place. We want to give God a chance to touch you, to speak to you, to meet you in that place. Also, if you have a physical need in your body, don't leave without giving us a chance to lay hands on you and pray that God would do a miracle in your body. Whatever your need is today, God wants to touch you. We'd love to have the opportunity to pray with you. Just come boldly to the front right now as we sing one last song to close our time. Whether you're giving your life to Jesus or whether there's a need in your heart, just come now and we'll pray for you as we finish our time here.